All right, thank you so much for joining us today. We are going to be talking with Caroline Turner at Quirky Buds, one of my favorite programs out there. Um, I will go through the ground rules uh, before we get started. If you've been to any of our webinars before, you, you probably know the drill. Um, we're in webinar mode, which means that we cannot see you or hear you, but you can put any questions or comments that you have into the chat box. And we love it to be more interactive um, as we're going along. So please don't hesitate to leave your comments or questions. I'll interrupt Caroline as we need to um, as we're going through. Um, I also wanted to let you know that Today's webinar is being recorded. It's also being sent out as a podcast. So if you're joining us uh, on the podcast, feel free to email contact at cpgcares.net. Uh, we can email you the slides if you'd like afterwards. So after this webinar is over, everybody who has registered will get a copy of the slides and a link to the recording. Uh, so that will all be available to you. And one thing that's different about today is that uh, because I am in the Houston area and we are currently experiencing some crazy weather situations out there. Um, so there's a slight chance that I could lose power or my internet connection. And if I do, Carolyn, Caroline will just wrap things up and, and be able to finish up. Um, I hope that doesn't happen, but... <laughs> I apologize in advance if it does, or if I have to take cover or something. <laughs> so um, real quick, our contact information for Consolidated Planning Group, I've already put in the chat for you as well as our website. You wanna go to the next slide, please? Yes. I'm trying to switch it over here. Oh yeah, I don't You're have good. <laughs> Um, So when it comes to special needs planning, some things that you might wanna think about that we can help with at Consolidated Planning Group our protection plans uh, for your family, life insurance and things like that. Lifetime care plans, you know, not only do you need to worry about your retirement and maybe your spouse's retirement, but then what is it going to cost to pay for your child to be cared for for the rest of their life? It's like a whole nother retirement, um, which is quite expensive. So we can help determine what those costs are going to look like and what you need to do to prepare. Uh, we can help with transition planning and making sure that your loved one gets all the state and federal benefits that they're entitled to. Um, ABLE accounts, we set up, yes, this topic is finding a bud. Uh, but first, more about us, uh, we can help you set up an ABLE account and we advocate and educate families with special needs loved ones um, so that you don't have to go through all the um, hurdles that we did to find out all of this information. We'll just give it to you. <laughs> next slide. The next slide should be you, Caroline. Oh, yeah, cool. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here with us today. I Like I mentioned before, I love this topic. This webinar is so cool because this is a fantastic program. So okay. without any further ado, any more of my nonsense, I will turn it over to you, Caroline. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. And yes, my name is Caroline and I am here in Austin, Texas, um, where it's raining and cold. So I, I can't <laughs> but really tornadoes. tornadoes, but <laughs> it is true. <laughs> um, and I am a licensed social worker in Texas. Um, I graduated from UT with my graduate degree in 2013 and um, have been like living and loving Austin ever since. Um, and so I'm so excited to talk with y'all. I do have two screens. So if I'm like looking over to the side, I just wanna make sure I'm hitting all my notes. Um, but, and please, please use the chat. Um, I love to be interactive and I know it's hard sometimes, um, but if you have questions or comments as I'm going through, I love that because um, this whole program was designed to help um, because I heard from so many parents and self-advocates of adults um, talking to me about how hard it was to find friends. And so this is why I started it. And I've made changes based on feedback. So I'm always open to that and wanting to hear um, from the people that are using it. So let's just talk about uh, friendship in general. 
Um, especially with the pandemic, I feel like friendship has been a topic that, you know, has keep, we keep coming back to, um, throughout the isolation idea of what happened throughout the pandemic, um, and really feeling like, you know, we want that sense of community. So, um, in general, you know, all humans are hardwired to connect. We all want to be, you know, in a big community. I think this is a common misconception um, of people who are on the autism spectrum or neurodiverse is that maybe they don't want to connect. And the truth is, no, we are all hard, hardwired to connect. It may just look a little bit different. Um, and we know that friendship in terms of research, you know, has a lot of positive correlations in life. It leads to a longer life. It leads to a correlation of mental and physical health, physical health. Um, it increases our sense of belonging, of self-confidence, and really it reduces our stress and anxiety. So that is so many things that friendship and connectivity does for people. Um, and so we really want to, you know, when we're thinking about support for individuals with any types of disabilities, I always, you know, um, want to focus on friendship as well um, and time to just like, you know, embrace your, um, your interests. So with neurodiversity and friendship, right, we know that actually most neurodiverse people want to be friends with other neurodiverse people. Um, and I say that because I do, I'm a big supporter of inclusion and I think that's really awesome, but it's really also good to just think of the other side. All of us tend to find friends that are um, like us in some sort of way. So people who have the same values or who maybe have the same experiences um, or similar backgrounds. And that's true for people who are neurodiverse too. And so being friends with somebody who is also neurodiverse is just um, something that we find through the research is what those people want. So they want to be friends with other people who are like them, just like we all do. Um, and within that, you know, it can be difficult to find friends who share similar interests, depending on if your interest is very specific. Um, and so when we talk about the neurodiverse community, you know, one of the, and friendship, one of the things that we kind of focus on is usually friendship is based on a shared interest, a shared enjoyment in something. And so when we're talking about that, you know, with people who may have very specific interests, um, it could be maybe difficult to find somebody else out there who likes, uh, for example, Isra Israeli folk dancing. That's a bud in my program that is very interested in that uh, and wants to find somebody else who connects with them on that. So that may be a little bit more nuanced than um, neurotypicals. And so we kind of have to do um, a good job reaching out and finding different groups in that way. Um, the other thing I just want to say about this too, is like, sometimes it can be really hard to find a friend that's like honest and, you know, a true friend. Um, I've been doing social skills with adults, um, on the autism spectrum for a long time. And I hear repeatedly, you know, kind of this idea that sometimes neurotypical is like, we are trained to be very, um, or trained or kind of socialized to be very nice. So it's hard for us to be direct and say like, no, I don't want to go, you know, to that movie with you, or no, I don't want to do this. And so sometimes that's really confusing for individuals who um, are neurodiverse. And so having this opportunity to connect with people that are like them and going to be honest and truthful is really important. Yeah, I think sometimes we tend to uh, want to make an excuse or you know, let people down gently. <laughs> yeah. And that's like, honestly, it's, it's, uh, I don't know. It's a rock and a hard place, I think, because it makes sense. We want to be nice, but at the same time, um, yeah, it's, it can be really confusing. Even, even for neurotypicals, I feel like it can be confusing. So, um, some of the ways to make friends currently notes. So he just stays quiet. This is a hard thing for my son to say no. So he just stays quiet and won't answer. Yeah. And I think actually, you know, I've seen some kids do a really good job of this in terms of just also, um, you know, the kids are depending on the kid, but a lot of kids want to be really honest and they're kind of, especially, you know, wanting to be truthful to who they are. And so, especially at that younger age, sometimes we'll see, um, kids say like, do you want to come out and play with me? And I've had, um, actually a, a child I've witnessed say, oh, no, thank you. You know? And it's like, that's very polite. And that was a, a appropriate response. Um, however, you know, in, in our 
culture, a lot of times we're, we're, you know, more socialized to say like, oh, maybe not, maybe some other time, um, or something that's a little bit nice. So even the staying quiet and won't answer, I think is an appropriate response. Um, and, you know, trying to find ways that are polite, but also honest, I think is important for everybody to practice easier said than done though. Right. Um, so, um, some of the current ways that we make friends, uh, in general, you know, we often talk about school, clubs, um, as, as we get older into young adulthood or, um, even middle aged, we talk about meetups, Facebook groups. Um, sometimes people use Bumble BFF, which is an app or, um, you know, other ways to try to make friends work, I guess. Um, but it can be really hard if you're one, right. Still trying to figure out some of those social nuances or two isolated as we all were during the pandemic, um, or working remote now or not working at all. Um, and so it can be really difficult to just try to utilize some of these ways to make friends. Um, there, there's still great options, but you know, uh, one, this is one of the reasons I came up with quirky buds was because I found it hard to find, um, good suggestions that were easy to find, uh, for some of the adults I was working with. Um, when we talk about friendship too, there's really four main things that we want to look for. Um, the biggest one, as I already mentioned, is common interest. So, you know, my closest friends, um, we have a common interest in, you know, I'm a social worker. A lot of my friends are social workers. So, uh, we talk often about, you know, social justice and kind of, um, supporting lots of different individuals. Um, I like to read, so I am in a book club and like a lot of my friends are big readers. Um, and our common interest is that I'm not a sports person. I know that's like, you know, a, sometimes a big no, no in Texas, but it's true. Um, and so, you know, I most likely am not going to be friends with somebody who's really, really into sports. That's just not a common interest. Um, but I know a lot of, um, uh, uh, people here in Austin that do, you know, bond over that. So the biggest thing is, you know, we're going to be friends with people who have shared interests. Uh, the next one is mutual motivation. So mutual motivation and no power differential. So the easiest way to think of power differential, I sometimes think is age, um, especially when we're younger. We don't necessarily want, you know, uh, a young eight-year-old hanging out with a 13-year-old. Um, there's a clear sometimes power differential there in terms of, you know, maybe the 13-year-old always calling the shots, um, you know, maybe asking for, uh, I don't know, sometimes it's very, can be very, you know, manipulative, I guess is kind of the right word, but we want, so we don't really want that big age difference, but we also don't want the power differential in the way that we talk about almost like popularity or, um, you know, in schools, we sometimes see like these, you know, kids who are from two very different backgrounds, um, maybe hanging out. And that's really, again, just because that can be kind of a manipulative thing. Um, and sometimes that power differential is confusing to people on the spectrum, but also confusing to people who aren't, um, because it feels good when somebody who has more power than us wants to be our friend, but it can also be a little bit like, why are they doing that? Um, so we want mutual motivation, mutual power. So that way we're creating friendships that are balanced. I always tell, um, and I'm trained in the peers curriculum out of UCLA, um, which is a great curriculum. If you're not familiar with it, they also have great videos online if you want to check it out. Um, but one of the things that they use in their curriculum, and I say to, um, the folks I work with is friendship is a choice. So we get to choose who we want to be friends with and people get to choose if they want to be friends with us. Um, and I think oftentimes we forget that first part. Thank you, Michelle, You're is welcome. that we do get to choose. We can say we don't want to be friends with these people if we don't want to be friends. Um, and sometimes when we don't have a lot of friends, it feels like we don't have a choice. Um, and it feels like we have to be friends with whoever comes our way. But in reality, we don't have to. And we want to have that mutual motivation, a balance in friendship. Um, and that goes into the next one of this sharing. We want to share the conversation. We want to share um, the activities and the choices around those. We want to have a shared enjoyment. So all of that is kind of the idea of like, we're going to be balanced in this friendship and really have a shared connection. And then this last one, you know, that kind of changed a little bit throughout the pandemic, but is still a big part of friendship is location. 
So we want to have frequent interaction with people that we're going to be close friends with. Um, and that doesn't necessarily have to be, we see them in person. However, it is, you know, easier for a lot of people to communicate using, you know, not only just words, but body language as well. So it's much easier to be frequently interacting with somebody that we see either on zoom. Um, I have a lot of friends that, you know, play video games and they play video games with people all over the world. And they're like, that's my best friend. So that's great. But somebody that we're doing that with frequently, um, whether that be online or um, in person. Does anybody have any thoughts or questions about kind of these factors before I move on? Well, I personally think it's great that you mention the um, balance that's needed in a friendship. You know, you don't want one child who always gets their way, always, you know, plays what they want to play or does what they want to do. And then the other one feels kind of taken advantage of or, or, or left out a little bit, you know, oh, we don't get to do what I choose. We always do what they want. Um, so I can see how that would be very important. Yeah. And I think it's important on both sides around, you know, um, teaching kids to speak up for themselves. Cause again, it kind of comes back to like, if I don't have any friends and one person is wanting to hang out with me and maybe only do what they want to do, maybe I'm like, okay, like I don't really want to be alone. So I'll go do whatever they want to do. Um, but really self-advocating for that mutual peace, because that is kind of where we start to build, um, a true friendship. Oh, here we go. Here's a question. What do you do with the situation with siblings that both have autism? One is 12, the other is eight. So there's always a power struggle there. And I, I mean, I would assume that there's, I've, I've got two boys right now, they're 21 and 19, but when they were younger, there's, I mean, there's always differences between siblings. So how do you help in that situation? Yeah, that's a really uh, difficult question because as you just mentioned, Michelle, the sibling piece is like, is it siblings fighting? Is it, you know, friendship? Is it um, just typical or some of- I some think it's a universal in? issue. <laughs> yeah. Um, one of the things, you know, I think is important is for them to um, have their own outlets. Um Oh, I'm going to get to that. Yes. Are my friendships moderated? I'm going to, I'm going to, my next slide is all about quirky buds. So I will get to that. Thank you. Um, but yeah, the sibling piece, I think the biggest thing is making sure that they each have their own kind of outlets and kind of, um, other friends besides each other, if possible. Um, and then when they are being together, you know, trying to find something that they agree on and, or, doing more of kind of that basic, um, behavior intervention where it is going to be your, you know, your turn and then my turn. And then, you know, almost like a flip of a coin of who gets to go first each time. Um, some of that more just, uh, we're going to be fair in our house. Um, but I was just having this conversation earlier with a parent about, you know, it's great, uh, when you understand that in your own home, but then when you go out in public and you're like, wait, we don't all have the same rules, <laughs> um, can be a little confusing. So I think, you know, knowing that that's maybe what they're going to do with each other, but then when they're with friends, it might be a different, um, kind of situation because while we're, when we're with friends and, uh, one of the things in, in the peers curriculum, especially is like, when we invite friends over to our house, we should actually do what they want to do. Um, first, we can always offer other ideas, but we should be like, you know, with our guests and a play date, trying to um, let them go first. So it's a little bit different when you have friends, but in terms of siblings, I would say trying to um, strike a fair balance as much as possible, especially because they're pretty close in age. Um, okay, talking about, yeah, quirky buds and uh, the friendship, this friendship piece. So Quirky Buds is a private friendship matching program is what I call it. And I say private because one of the things that I heard from um, families and adults a lot was that one of the ways currently that you can make friends is to go on Facebook, join a group and say like, hi, I'm, you know, Caroline, I'm looking for somebody near me who is also interested in books um, and putting that out there to potentially hundreds of people. Um, and so one of the things that I wanted to have happen was, uh, not for you to have to do that. So it could be private. So, um, in, in the quirky buds program, how it works is individuals sign up on my website, which is just quirkybuds.com. Um, there's two choices and you can choose the adults if you're 18 and over, or if you're, um, 
family member is 18 and older, and then the child, so 18 and younger. Um, and basically, you just fill out one of the forms. You let us know your birthday, where you live, um, and what you're interested in, as well as potentially how you heard about Quirky Buds. <laughs> and um, we kind of take it from there. So nobody else is going to see, you know, this large post. Um, so that's why I really wanted it to be private. Um, in terms of, you know, uh, this moderation or, you know, uh, privacy is a question I get asked a lot. One of the things that I think is really important um, in terms of privacy on Quirky Buds is twofold. One, I mean, we do have a terms and conditions, right, which I know everybody does and everybody signs that probably without reading it <laughs> very closely. However, um, it's the same terms and conditions that you would sign when you sign up for any like social media platform. So the idea that this is supposed to be, you know, used with good intention. This is used for um, individuals in terms of wanting to make friends. And then the second piece that I always tell folks is that it's the same type of kind of um, caution or, um, you know, privacy that you would use when you meet anyone online. So whenever we meet someone online, we need to be careful about what we're giving them, um, you know, how we kind of uh, represent ourselves, what information we put out there. So, you know, while yes, I am reading through each submission and making sure that there have been a couple that I would say I was like, this seems interesting. And I have messaged the person and said, like, you know, uh, please give us more information and trying to make sure that this is, you know, a safe kind of sign up. Um, at the same time, it is still falling back to make sure that you are safe when you're online. Um, and if there's, you know, questions about that, there's some great resources, again, through peers that have good online rules, um, as well as, you know, uh, just some other websites that I'm happy to share if people are wanting that. I'll go so, ahead and put ahead. the link um, in the chat box here, but I wanted to ask you about because one thing, because I know we often get the question about the ages. So you might have someone who is 18 or above, but maybe because of their IQ, because of their differences, they act more young or you, you know, things like that. How do you deal with that kind of situation? Yeah. So thank you. So in terms of ages in general, um, we currently have folks signed up. The youngest is two and the oldest is 75. So we have quite the range. Um, and I think it is, you know, for me as a person in my thirties, it's reassuring that I'm like, you know, friendship is hard for me still. Um, and this is a universal kind of, um, want. So I just say that in the sense that I'm like, this is really made to help all ages. And to your point, Michelle, so the way that we match people is based on age, interest, and location. So while we do, um, look through age, you know, we kind of start that way. Uh, we also really focus on interests. So, um, for example, yes, I have some adults who have signed up who are in their twenties who are really interested in, um, oh my gosh, the bro, it's a brony, my little pony, Bronies, my little ponies yeah. boys. Is that what it is? Yeah, I think so. Um, or, you know, I have an adult who is very interested in, um, in still in Barney, which is totally fine. Um, and so really like those kind of interests signed up, I'm not going to then match them with somebody whose interests are maybe, um, you know, some of the adults that are signed up are really interested in political science or um, literature or sci-fi. Um, and just to kind of help focus on that interest piece, because we know <laughs> who is isn't a brony. I love that. Oh, because we know um, that, you know, again, friendship is really based on this common interest. So and you're not gonna, you're not gonna um, put together or match maybe a four-year-old who is interested in Barney and an 18 or 20 year old who is interested in Barney, you're going to try and find someone in their own age range with the same interests. Yes, exactly. And that's really because, you know, again, kind of going back to that safety piece with that regard, you know, we want to make sure that we're going to 18 and up is really going to be matched with 18 and up in general. Um, and that's that safety piece. But 
the, um, yes, the interest and the age are definitely playing a role. And then currently right now too, we are still matching. And I say we, and I just want to be clear. It's, it's mainly me. <laughs> um, however, I did just post, um, uh, a couple weeks ago who my team is. Um, I have, I have a couple people who help me. Um, one individual who is neurodiverse that helps with the data piece and, um, kind of some of the, he's going to do some IT stuff for me. And then, um, my sister does a lot of marketing, but that's really, I'm the person who's really looking through the matches, um, and utilizing our system to make those. Well, um, and you have your cuddle and comfort specialist, your dog. <laughs> that's true. I do have my dog. Yes. Who is there to help me. So that's good. Um, but yeah, so that is, you know, uh, uh, the kind of the way that we match people is that through the age, the interest, and then the last piece currently is still location, um, which we're about to, with the help of um, my teammates, we're going to launch an option to, ah, yes, thank you so much for asking that question. So we're going to launch a couple new features, um, hopefully in February. And the ideas are with this as one of them. So we're going to have the option that you can sign up just as a parent, um, who wants to connect with other parents. We're going to have the option um, also to be a virtual bud. So one of the things that's been cool is um, we have had a lot of buds across the country. We're currently in 27 states. Um, and while that's wonderful, unfortunately, at the same time, I only have like one bud in Connecticut. And because I'm doing... Um, location-based right now, that bud has not gotten a match. And so one of the things that we're going to uh, put out there to folks is if they want to opt for the virtual uh, friendship. So to answer your question, Margaret, is they will have the opportunity to be face-to-face -face, um, based on if there's somebody close to them. That's how I'm currently making the matches. Um, but in the next couple months, we're going to open up the option where they could be virtual if they would like. And that's to help with some of these places that are more rural and basically, um, uh, more maybe just isolated in terms of the amount of buds we have in that area. The majority of our buds right now are in Texas. Um, and the majority of them are under the age of 18. However, that is slowly changing. Um, we're getting closer and closer to almost half being over age 18. And right now, but right now we're still about 40% of our buds are under, or I'm sorry, 40% of our buds are over the age of 18, but we're definitely um, getting closer. So yes, um, if the kid is, if the child or not child, well, at this point they would be an adult. So if they're 18 and up, then they click the link that says, uh, find your buds for adults. Yes, that's correct. And then how long does the matches usually take? So this is a hard question. Be, and in Houston, this is a hard question because, um, depending on the age, right. It, it, it narrows down quickly. Um, and I say that because depending on the age of uh, your bud, the, the younger the bud is, the easier it typically is to match them. For example, like usually when parents sign up their buds, who I call the quirky tots, um, who are like, you know, three, four, five, those kids, the parents are usually checking all the interests. So because I'm really focused on matching people based on their interests, if your bud is, has um, only a few interests, which is totally fine. It's just harder for me to match them. Um, and so usually when we get to like the quirky adolescents or the quirky teens, as I call just the way my spreadsheet works, um, it's, it, it narrows down really quickly. And that's, I think, great because we don't want to match you with somebody that you have no similar interests with. Um, but it is, you know, makes it a lot harder. So, so I do if, if, uh, for example, this family is having a, tr having trouble getting a match, can they go back in and select more interests to kind of widen the field for them? So currently the way to do that is just to email me. And I have had some families do that. I've also had some families do that when they move, which is fine. Um, so I can update your profile. However, we are working, um, as one of those features that we're about to change is that you'll have your own profile so that you can log in and change that as well as log in and um, see your history. So if you have had multiple matches, you could go back and see. Um, so I apologize that it's taking so long. I'm doing my best to get the word out in those areas. Um, and, oh yeah, that would be great for military families. Yeah, sorry, I get so distracted by the chat. 
but um, I do apologize. It's taking so long. I feel like um, I'm doing my best to get the word out. And so that hopefully we can do that. Um, and it's been great. Yeah. And it's been great to hear from families, some of the successes. Um, I've posted some on our social media from parents about um, people who have met up and had a good time, um, as well as a couple that have actually done it virtually, even though um, they are semi-close. Right now we're doing about 30 minutes, um, which I know 30 minutes in the car in Austin traffic or Houston or any really big city is like, oh gosh. So anyway, yeah. Um, and the only other thing I wanted to mention about it too is just, like I said before, we're always looking for feedback. So if you have something, you know, I just had somebody message me and ask about the gender. So I currently um, haven't been like asking specific gender. I did start asking for people's pronouns and we are probably going to start including that in the future so that if you get a match, you know um, what their pronouns are and, you know, how they identify with their gender. So that way, if you you know, feel really strongly about having somebody who is your same gender, um, you can reach out to them or not. Definitely. And, uh, yeah. The virtual. Yeah. Option. This is pretty awesome. The virtual option is great for people with social anxiety or if you're medically fragile or, you know, yeah. anything like that. And it's a good way to ease into a friendship, talk to them first, and then maybe see if you want to meet in person. Um, yeah. Caroline, the most important thing is this just for people who are neurodivergent great question and yeah I was just gonna say that so no this is not just for people who are neurodivergent I'm not asking people for their diagnoses or you know what they really want or I'm sorry not their not their diagnoses or how they kind of you know found us or I am asking how they found us but maybe why they found us um so I have had people sign up that are um that have written there's like an open place where you can write in things if you'd like um I've had people write in there you know um I am yeah physically disabled um I've had somebody say I had a, I'm just having a hard time during the pandemic and so I want to make sure that you know, I find new friends, somebody with social anxiety, um, someone who just said, I want to make inclusive friends, which I think is great. Um, and so, you know, it's really open to whomever and I want to be all inclusive and this is free. Yes. Um, yeah, and that's, that's, the most, that's what I was going to say. The most <laughs> important question and the yeah. thing you never want to mention, you never want to tell everybody. I never want to forget. I'm sorry. Free. It's free. It's free. Yes, it's free. And that is, you know, I've had a couple of people say to me, like, maybe you should start charging. And I'm like, no, and I say that because as a social worker, um, and I work full-time here at Dell Children's in Austin, which is separate, but they do know about this. Um, but I want to just say, you know, with the families I work with, y'all are having to pay for a lot of things. And I just feel like friendship is a thing that, you know, I can access for free, um, you know, through online stuff. Also through, like I mentioned before, there's some apps out there already like Bumble BFF or some of these things. So I'm like, if I don't have to pay for it, why should y'all? So yes, we're not, exactly. not going to be. And I, I think maybe, um, you know, maybe as you go along and you build um, more buds throughout the United States, throughout the world, maybe you could offer uh, sell t-shirts to help defray some of your costs, but also to spread the word and get more people involved in the program and have more opportunities for more buds to get together. So, uh, you know, that's an yeah. idea and you could probably find them for either really cheap or since you're a nonprofit organization, maybe people would do it for free for you. There you go. Well, and I do want to say right now we're not a nonprofit, but that's just because there's but you're a lot not making any profit. So but we're not making any profit. We're not profitable, <laughs> but we're not a nonprofit. So yeah, I agree. Yeah. And, you know, we've talked about some of the things that the places do is um, they offer like additional features for a certain price, which maybe down the line, but yeah, right now we're not, we're not changing anything about the price. So, and I love this idea about the sibling option because Yes, I siblings, um, you know, I'm I'm also trained in the Sib Shop curriculum, um, which I feel is a great curriculum if you're and Sib Shops is a great resource if you have siblings that need resources um for anybody, any type of sibling, right? Yep. And uh that is a really important piece is the sibling. So I like that idea. That'll be something we can add um as we move on. But well, definitely. I mean, you think kind of some parents think that, oh, if I have two kids, they're They've got a built-in best friend, and that doesn't always happen, especially if they're not connecting because one 
it has differences. So, Mm -hmm. you know, having that child find a friend and then their sibling is kind of left out in the cold, it, it would be nice to have that connection. But like you said, you don't really ask for what their diagnoses are. So you could have anybody in the program. Totally. Yeah. And just based on kind of what the interests are, right. Um, cause some folks, like I said before, have much more specific interests and some people are more open. So, and while I'm on this too, you know, um, uh, I, I want to say, I usually send out the matches on Tuesdays and today is Tuesday. So I only say that because if you sign up today, most likely you won't get an email from me until next week, just based on, um, the signups from last week. Um, so that's kind of how it goes each Tuesday. I match people and then send out a message, um, with kind of updates about where you're at. And each Tuesday you'll get an email if you have a match. Um, but if not, you get, you won't get one, but you will get an email the first Tuesday of every month. I message everybody just to keep everybody up to date. So let's say I join and you match me up with someone, uh, is that it? Like I get one match and I'm done, or do you keep my profile kind of open? And then as more people come in who match with me, you tell me about those as well. Yeah. So as more people come in, you get updated matches each week, um, until you say, until you unsubscribe. So for right until now, I say I'm far too popular. I can't possibly handle <laughs> yeah, until you have way having too any more, friends. any more friends. Okay. Yeah. And I also am really excited right now, um, just while everyone's on here too, right now we are doing a giveaway. So if you're on Instagram and you follow our Instagram and share um, the most recent post, we're doing a giveaway for a way to blanket. So um, I know those Fantastic. are popular. I myself um, am like, I don't think I can choose myself, but I really want a way to blanket. So anyway, but yeah, check it out. Um, you, we're doing that. You should definitely get one. I love mine. <laughs> I know. That's what I feel like. They're wonderful. Um, Okay. So I think there's just, yeah, one other slide here. We kind of talked about a lot of these things, um, but just kind of why, um, you know, it it may be hard to keep friends and the challenges in keeping friends sometimes is sometimes because like I mentioned before, just this uh, special interest can be really kind of hyper-focused. So Oftentimes, you know, I try to uh, have the individuals I work with really expand their, um, try to just expand their special interest a tiny bit. So even if that's, you know, we're currently really into playing soccer, can we just expand to watching soccer? That's a really easy kind of transition, but, you know, just thinking a tiny bit outside of our special interests. I want to just pause and answer this question about services in Spanish. That is something that we're trying to build in right now, too. It has been much slower, I'll be honest, because um, I wanted to do it myself, but I'm learning Spanish and it's been very slow. So um, I hope to have that probably by mid-year, but as of right now, we don't have the Spanish feature. That has come up a few times, so we'll get on that. <laughs> um, and then, uh, you know, kind of this, like I mentioned before, neurodiverse friends versus neurotypicals is this idea of kind of the subtle cues around, you know, maybe we're not wanting to play certain games or, you know, we're not wanting to hang out at all, but we've kind of put it off. That can be really confusing. Um, And then this other idea of, you know, sometimes we just um, have folks that we often overshare. And so that can be really confusing to people who are, um, you know, maybe not, not really in the place to hear it. And what I mean by that is, you know, when I, when I do social skills with, um, some of the teens at the clinic, we talk often about what we should be sharing with new people. Um, and you know, when we should maybe pick up on the idea that folks are not interested in what we're talking about anymore. And that can be, again, just a thing that can turn folks off, right. Um, neurotypical friends can turn folks off of, you know, maybe wanting to stay close with somebody, Um, so having the neurodiverse, um, maybe parallel friendship in terms of someone else who is neurodiverse, you may get, you know, just a better response, more honesty and kind of, um, more direct feedback sometimes than with neurotypicals. And I say sometimes, cause this, that's a generalization. Um, and then the topics that we hear, you know, I covered a lot of them, the safety piece. Let me come back to that in one second. 
the topics we hear um, through Quirky Buds, I, I mentioned a bunch of them on here, but really it's all over the board. I put the most general ones um, as choices that you can click, but then there are some, um, there's open for write-in. And really, like I mentioned, it's kind of anything. Um, and so people can write in whatever their, you know, whatever their main interest is. The more interest, the more likely you are to get a bud. But if you're like, this is my main interest, interest and I want to find somebody who also really likes, you know, true crime novels, that's me. Um, <laughs> I'm going to maybe write that in and be very specific about it. Um, so that's, you know, an idea. Uh, and then where to find other groups, you know, if quirky buds isn't for you, I, that's totally fair. I, I don't think it's for, I, I know it's not necessarily for everybody. It's just kind of another system to help with friendship. So if it's not what you are looking for, there are other groups in terms of meetup, like I mentioned, Facebook, um, there's some clubs and different ideas, depending on where you are, um, to go meet people in person or to join online. Do you do uh, any any safety screening, Caroline, or is that basically on the the user? You know, make yeah, sure. Yeah, so kind of like I was mentioning before, the safety screenings we currently have are our terms and conditions, which is really written. Um, it was written by they're written by a lawyer to make sure that you know people are trying to take that seriously. And then when I read a new submission, I'm reading to see if it's you know pretty. Uh, what feels like a typical response. I have gotten some that I would say are um, not, you know, they Maybe seem not in it for the right reason. <laughs> yeah, they seemed a little fishy. So those folks I email and say like, hey, you know, I'm Caroline. Thank you for signing up. Um, you know, are you interested in this? And uh, the majority of the time when I've done that, I haven't gotten zero response. So when they don't respond to me, then they're, then I just remove them from the program. They're not in it. Um, but the same time, yeah, as I was saying before, then it's really about being safe with people you meet online. So the only information you get from me is the person's name and their email address and their name, their email address, their age, and um, uh, their interests. Interest. Yes. Thank you. I was like, what is that last thing? You're so well. there's no, um, <laughs> sorry. Phone ring at the same time. I can't get it turned off. There we go. Um, but the idea that you know, when you talk to somebody online and you share your email and you get their email address, you should basically do the same things that we would with any kind of meeting someone online. So if you're going to meet up with them in person, you should definitely, um, you know, have that be uh, in a public place. You should take someone with you. You should tell them where you're going. Kind of all those basic safety screenings. Um, does everyone that signs? in have some kind of disability. So uh, for the teenager piece, if they're under the age of 18, it's usually uh, the parent that is signing them up, the parent or the caregiver. So you as the caregiver would be the person that would be communicating with another caregiver, even of like a 16 year old saying like, hey, you know, I'm my 16 year old is interested in making friends. Um, so it's really kind of that safety piece of even though they're 16 and I know they like to do their own thing, um, it still kind of falls on the parent to make that connection. Um, and then for not everyone has a disability, I don't ask what their disability is. So um, people can sign up. People have signed up and said, I want to make inclusive friends, um, which I assume that means they don't have a disability, but that might be <laughs> not a safe assumption. Um, so it's really kind of open based on, um, you know, if they're just looking for friends. Fantastic. Well, we have a couple more slides while we wait for some more questions to come in. Yes, there we go. Oh, wait, is this you? Yeah, is this you? Well, this is uh, Texas Workforce Solutions. I think they shared some of their information with us today. They do a great program. Uh, the, if you'll pause on this one for a second. Um, when you get these slides in your email later today, these links will be clickable. Um, of course, right now they're not, but the VR program through the Texas Workforce Solutions Group or Texas Workforce Commission is a great program. They start off with kids who are at about 14 years old, helping them look at what their imp impediments to employment may be and giving them some training in 
you know, exploring different possibilities for work or for careers, um, assessing their skills and their interests, training for skills that they, they may be missing and helping them locate jobs that might work better for them. So it's it's a system where you go in and sign up just like Quirky Buds. You can sign yourselves up. Um, there's a usually a transition coordinator in all the high schools. Um, that work with the Texas Workforce Commission. Uh, but if you want more information when you get these slides, you can you can click on those links and sign up with them. It's it's a really good program. And they have some deep pockets that can help pay for um, testing and you know neuropsych testing or whatever you may need. All right, next slide. Oh. Oh, and that's for contacting them. This is going to take you to our website and our events tab where you can find all of our upcoming webinars so you can do more of those. These are some of the topics that we work with people on um, in terms of planning for the future of their special needs loved one and taking care of them, you know, uh, forming a comprehensive special needs care plan, looking at future care cost estimates, you know, how much is it going to take to pay for your child's care for the rest of their life. Um, getting SSI benefits and SSDI and understanding the difference between those and how that all works. Um, ABLE accounts, we help with that, with beneficiary designations. You know, um, because of the waiver program benefits and SSI benefits, you never want to designate your child with a special, uh, with a difference as your beneficiary because it could cause them to lose the benefits that they deserve. Um, so we can help you navigate all of those issues. Um, a special needs trust, why you might need that, how it all works. Uh, residential living uh, or residential housing options, you know, what might be a good fit for your family. Um, we can talk to you about guardianship. Now, we are not attorneys at Consolidated Planning, Planning Group. We're financial advisors who focus on families with special needs loved ones. We look at your entire holistic financial picture, um, including your insurance, your investments, um, your savings, your beneficiary designations, your benefits from the government all of that, but we're not attorneys. So we cannot do guardianship for you. We cannot do your will. We cannot open a special needs trust, but we can refer you to an attorney who is focused on these things and knows what to do. Uh, we also help people with what happens after high school, you know, what options are available uh, beyond high school. Next slide. This is our team. We are located in the Houston area. We're members of the Special Needs Planning Academy and we are National Social Security Advisors. So the four on top, we have two husband and wife teams. Allison and her husband, Jeff, have two kids with special needs and that's why we do what we do. They founded this company. And then there's myself, my glamour shot, and uh, my husband, Andy. So. We have two adult children as well. Um, they are neurotypical, but they still make us crazy. Um, and then we have the girls who help with marketing and paperwork. And um, wow, it is really getting dark outside in Houston, guys. Next slide. <laughs> before before I stretch, my internet, yeah. <laughs> yes, this is the last one. Um, so we always offer a free initial consultation. So if you want to call our office, uh, the phone number is there. You can email us or you can use our QR code that will take you uh, to be able to schedule your own appointment. Uh, in these appointments, what we do is we start off by answering your questions related to special needs topics the best that we can. Yeah, right, Tess? I'm definitely stuck in the middle of it. Um, so we answer your questions the best we can. We learn about your family and your situation and what you guys are going through, what your child is going through, all of that stuff. And then after we learn about you, we tell you about us as a company, how we work, how we charge, um, and see, you know, from there, would it be good for us to move together 
forward in planning some aspects of your future. So we have three different planning options or packages that we offer. Um, and then, like I said, there's some stuff that we can do for free. So it's impossible for me to just tell you, oh, this is what it costs without you having an initial consultation. Oh, Shanna, or is it Shana? Whichever, sorry about that. Thank you so much for being happy clients. Um, one thing, other thing I wanted to mention, and our Facebook link, our Instagram, YouTube, and our podcast are all linked there. Again, if you're joining us on our podcast, if you email contact at cpgcares.net or call us at 281-690-1177, um, if you're listening to our podcast, we can send you the slides. So um, one other thing that I wanted to mention is that we would really at CPG, we would love to make our marketing and our website a little more individualized. Right now, um, you know, you go to our website, you go to parent to parent or the family to family network or the autism society page. We all have the same pictures because they came from um, from the internet, from free pictures that you can use on the internet. I would love to instead have pictures of happy families that are our clients on our website. So if you would be willing to share pictures of your loved ones with us, we will use them for marketing. Uh, we do have a form that you would need to sign. Um, I could email that to you, but please contact us if you would be willing to share some happy photos uh, that we could use to make things a little bit more personalized. Um, so that is all I have for you today. Thank you for being here. I'm so glad that my internet stayed on this whole time, even though there's these crazy storms coming through. And Caroline, huh? I said, fingers crossed. I'm yeah. like, I'm going to have to check in on you later this week if everything went okay. Are you still there? Yeah. Um, so thank you all for being here today. Thank you, Caroline, for presenting. I, I just love Quirky Buds. I think it's such an amazing program and I wish you nothing but success in your future. Um, I don't see any other questions coming through, so I guess we can just stop here, but have a great day and enjoy the rest of your week. Bye, y'all. Stay safe. <laughs> yes, definitely stay safe out there. Bye. Securities and advisory services offered through Triad Advisors, member FINRA and SIPC, Consolidated Planning Group Incorporated and Triad Advisors LLC are not affiliated. Advisory services offered through Consolidated Planning Group Incorporated. Consolidated Planning Group Incorporated is not affiliated with Triad Advisors.